sounds a little Hawaiian, right? It does. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> um, but what's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Empire 161 show. Uh, here on a Wednesday night, on a night that someone says like the slowest sports night of the year because there's literally no sports on. So we thought it'd be a great opportunity to do a little bit of a different episode than we normally do. We'll always have some baseball, but that's, that's what it is. It's all baseball teams. So, uh, yeah, pretty excited for this one. It could be a little different here. Uh, but, yeah, we're opening up the Choo Choo Chaboogie by the Manhattan Transfer. <laughs> and that's from the League of Their Own soundtrack. Because as we're talking about a movie, we're actually talking about a movie here on the Empire of the So it's a little different. For me, it's like worlds colliding almost a little bit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but all, thank you for joining us. If you're joining us on the Facebook stream, if you're joining us on uh, YouTube, if you're joining us on Twitter at our handle at One Fire One Thirty One Show, or if you're joining us in the audio only version on Instagram or wherever you found your podcast. Uh, and with me, as always, is Lisa Garcia. Lisa, what's up? Hey, surprise, everybody! You got us uh, two, maybe three times this week. Who knows? Um, yes. Yeah, this is a special edition episode. Uh, we figured we would fill fill your life with some uh, free baseball knowledge because there's nothing to watch tonight if you're a baseball fan other than the ESPYS, uh, which I look forward to. I like the ESPYS. I don't. Do think I like them. I do like them. I like watching okay. them. Um, but I'll tape it and watch it later. But uh, oh my gosh, I am so excited about what we're going to talk about today. As Ed mentioned. We are going to talk about the 30th, which makes me feel really old, anniversary of A League of Their Own, which is a classic movie. We're going to deep dive that a little bit. Um, we're also going to talk about the first episode of The Captain, and I have so much to say about that. And we have to talk about the All-Star break, the Home Run Derby, and the game. And of course, who won MVP? Because... That's my favorite part of this whole entire conversation. And if you've been watching the show, you know why. So excited to get into all of that. Thank you for everybody that's joining us right now. Um, hopefully you, you know, if anybody's watching live, comment, tell us your thoughts and opinions on what we're about to share too. We want it to be interactive. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, there's no one else is watching games or anything. So why not go ahead and, and jump into conversation with us? Uh, yeah, let's get it started. Let's talk about the baseball that happened over the last two days. Not, you know, a lot. Well, let's see. Last night was very Yankees specific, uh, but we can, you know, talk about the home run derby that was on. We'll start by talking about the home run derby that was on Monday night. And uh, if you listen to our last episode, and we've mentioned that a couple of times, uh, we have a pool that we do amongst our friends. And um, yeah, so Lisa. And who guess you who have? won? Guess who won this year? You know, I'm always joking about how it's rigged. Not this guy. Um, and, and much as I love her, that guy's wife won this year. I don't know how these things happen, <clears throat> by the way. Nice shirt. Nice oh, shirt. thank you. I was trying to like, <laughs> camera's a little too close. So. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, no, listen, had, she always gets a good pick. She, she, she always does. It's, pick, it's annoying. Man. It's annoying, honestly. Is she the one that picks them out of the hat? I feel like she knows how she folds the pieces of paper. I don't know. So usually she does, but this year she didn't. Actually, when Jerry and his father, Ron, showed up, they, the three of us, randomly went around and we picked the names out of the hat. 
He picked it out of a little Yankee ice cream helmet cup that I had. That was the closest hat I had to me. So we did the drawing there. <laughs> uh -huh. And yeah, well, Farachi, our, you know, the head guy at our Pop Culture Pros, and Tim Zabala, who's all over the network, they were also involved in the Home Run Derby pool. Uh, Grogan, who actually guested on this show quite a while back now. So a, a lot of people involved with it. And Jerry, Jerry also was filling in at one point. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, there was a lot of people that were on here. Um, yeah, and my wife got Juan Soto. And um, Lucky dog. she won. Doesn't share, there's no sharing of a dime. Everyone's got to pay up, including me. <laughs> and this is how it goes. So, uh, Lisa, who did you have? I had Kyle Schwarber, and he went up against um, Albert Pujols. Pujols. And as soon as I saw that he went up against him, I was like, well, I'm out the derby. Also, I just want to wow. shout out my friend, Damond, who just logged in. Um, that is his nickname for me. So what up, Davey? Thank you for joining us today. Oh, yeah. What's up? Get that comment out there. Thanks, yep, Damond. Thanks for is... checking us out. He is the only person that's allowed to call me that, and there's a reason behind it. That that if you know, if you know, you know. So okay. um, this is my this is my near and dear friend from work who I who I love and adore. All right, so thanks for thanks for tuning in tonight. Um, yeah, I don't know. You had Kyle Schwarber. I thought he was a good pick going into it. I mean, I know the odds and favorite on uh, in Vegas was Pete Alonzo, who I was mm -hmm. praying and hoping that I would get, but Jerry got. Jerry hates the Mets. So I got to admit, it was actually, I had some entertainment value to watch him squirm and be really, really uncomfortable while watching the derby with him. And he had Pete Alonso. So he was, he was really had an internal struggle going on there. So that, that was at least entertaining. Uh, I had Jose Ramirez, who's on one of my fantasy teams. He's been a keeper of mine for a couple of years. And uh, he did crap. He did absolutely nothing in the home run derby. Switch hitter, who I thought would have been batted left-handed since he's got more power from the left side, didn't do. He didn't do that, and uh, that makes no sense. So um, <laughs> yeah, it was that was that. So um, no good home run derby. I thought overall it was entertaining. Uh, I did like seeing uh, Farachi actually had pull holes, mm -hmm. and it was enjoy. I like listen. If it wasn't Alonzo and my own pick. The sentimental favorite was I was actually getting a kick out of seeing how far Pujols was going to go. Me too. I was watching the old guy he, keep going. Yeah, when he had that little tiebreaker, I loved it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thought it was, awesome. it was entertaining. Ooh. Yeah, I thought it was, it was really entertaining. So, okay, there we go. Um, yes, I thought it was really cool that he had that tiebreaker. Um, Demond said it was better than the actual game. No, we'll get into that in a second. Devon is a massive baseball fan as well. Uh, we we talk about baseball often at work. So, um, yeah, I was a uh, uh, young guy, Rod Julio Rodriguez. Yeah, I was like, what? He was so impressive. I do want to talk for a minute about Pete Alonso and his like hyper focus, uh, Zen like. <laughs> they showed him meditating at one point mm -hmm. he was like he was doing like uh, like uh almost like um uh serrano in um um Down major league major league with his bat like he was all up in the bat i was waiting for him to be like f you joe boo like <laughs> he was so locked in it was crazy um it was a little bit disturbing too like come on man you won two years in a row like it's okay somebody else can win 
I kind of feel like he wasn't doing those, those all that crap and all the extra stuff in the last two derbies. In the last two no. derbies, he, he seemed way fun. more relaxed, and, yeah. had, and that's why everyone like gravitated to him, and that's why I thought he was winning it because he took it seriously, but like in a fun way. Yes. And this year, he looked like he even when it was like a an interview before it started, it seemed like he was nervous. I was like, dude, you've won this twice in a row. What are you so nervous about? Just go out yeah. there and have fun and do the awkward head bopping that he does that he did last year to the music. And no, there was none of that to be found. I, I thought he took it too seriously. I think it, was so detrimental. it almost seemed like it was like nobody's allowed to talk to Pete. Like stay away. They from said him. after two o'clock. Yeah, after two o'clock. That's so, ridiculous. Calm down. I don't know, but uh, overall, I thought you know, it was entertaining. I liked the format with the time. With the three minutes each round and stuff like that, it adds drama to the end of it, uh, as opposed to somebody just getting ten outs like it used to be, and you know you have to kind of wait for that because that can drag on forever. Even though it still went over time, because the captain was scheduled to start at ten o'clock and it went way past that. So I am we talked so about that, glad you are. said that. Uh -huh. So glad you said that. My mom and dad did not do that, so they were like, <laughs> "We didn't get to watch it." But I also taped like a two in the morning version too. Mm -hmm. So that I didn't have to like fast forward through three hours of the the home run derby. Well, if it got screwed up enough, I mean, it's on ESPN Plus, so I yeah, 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 I would have casted it to the TV and watched it then. But we actually, we had mentioned uh, Jerry and his father Ron had came over to watch the home run derby, and we stayed. We just we watched the whole thing, and then we just started watching the captain. They actually stayed, and we and we stayed up and watched the whole thing. It was it's actually a lot nice. of fun. Angie Angie passed out right after the home run derby. So she was, she was so excited. <laughs> yeah, she no, she was hyped up when she won, and then like five minutes later, she's snoring. So, whatever, she'll watch the captain another time. I, I, I will get into uh, our thoughts on that, but I thought it was uh, pretty awesome. Um, yeah, all right, then we can talk a bit about the uh, the actual game itself, which was last night. We'll mm -hmm. get the Yankees stat line on the bottom here. So. Yeah, the Yanks were well represented, though. The American League did win the game 3-2 uh, to two to win their ninth All-Star game in a row, for whatever it's worth. I mean, it is an exhibition again, like it pro it should be. And I wasn't a huge fan of it deciding the home field advantage in the mm -hmm. World Series. I mean, I understand why they did it, but I'm glad it's gone back to, like, the way it should be. Best record overall gets the home field advantage in the World Series. Uh, but, yeah, Yanks went ahead, and uh, John Carlos Stanton, Big G himself was one for Woo! two with a home run and a two-run, two RBIs. He was this the All-Star Game MVP. This is my new screensaver on my phone. He okay. looks absolutely gorgeous, and that, that uniform was dope. The both uniforms yeah, we didn't talk about it before. Yeah, yes, those uniforms were. I love them, uh, particularly the American League one. I like how it was the dark with the gold pop. The, the white mm -hmm. one was cool for the National League too, but the American League one looked really cool, and he looked phenomenal. But that's just my. <laughs> Y'all know I love uh, <laughs> Aaron Judge was 0 for 2 on the night. Uh, yeah. Jose Trevino was 1 for 2. Pretty excited when he got his hit. Uh, Nesta Cortez pitching to Trevino was a lot of fun because they okay. had them both mic'd up. I had I thought that was a blast. The microphones on all the players. Yes, Damon, he's my crush big time. The microphone on all of the players was priceless, but definitely. The two of them were my favorite. Um, even Alec Manoa, when he was pitching, was hilarious, too. But you know yeah. what was a fail? You know what was a fail, though? The umpire camera. 
Yeah, well, I was going to get, yeah, I figured, let me get through the stat line quick, and I'll, let's talk about okay. the presentation of the game, because, we, you know, there's definitely a lot of thoughts on that. Uh, but Nestor Cortez, though, went an inning with a walk and two strikeouts. Clay Holmes pitched two-thirds of an inning, giving up one hit. And uh, Garrett Cole was a DNP because he pitched Sunday. But he was mic'd up for an inning with Max Freed, who was also DNP. So they, it's fine. Whatever, they're there. And I'm honestly glad he wasn't. He didn't have to go that night or anything like that because less risk of injury. It's all good. He's been there before. Not a big deal. Um, but he, uh, yeah, so let's get into the presentation of the game by Fox. Um, yeah, you had mentioned the umpire cam. Terrible. I agree. Huge fail. I, I was making me nauseous a little bit, and I don't get motion yes. sickness. Yes. I don't get it motion reminded sickness. Me, I don't like it. It reminded me of Blair Witch Project. Remember when that movie came out? Yeah. And the camera was like, all the Sound time. footage. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happens in Blair Witch Project. Lights go crazy, falls all over the place. Uh, or even like mid-2000s action movies where they all felt the need to start doing shaky cam to make mm -hmm. it more exciting. It, yeah, that's that sucked. I, I I couldn't stand it. Um, so Fox, please do away with that because I I appreciate the effort on trying something different, experimenting with the All Star game, but no. Uh, Mike yeah. up players though I thought was a huge huge win for them. Uh, so a lot of the Yankees were Stanton and Judge were when they were in the field. Yes. I thought yes. that was actually a lot of fun. Um, Cortez and Trevino, their inning was great when they were going ahead and going through signals and Hilarious. stuff. Hilarious. And Cortez did another crazy, wacky wind-up that he had, like he usually does on the fly, I thought was awesome. Um, He's like, ooh, just missed. <laughs> yeah. And calling the call out the pitches, though, for like the, you know, for the audience to hear, you know, up and in heater, down and away, and everything like that. And he was hit most of his spots. So even when yeah. he missed, though, he missed one or two pitches, and he had even called out, like, eh, uh, can't, can't get them all, I guess. And sometimes so, you do miss uh, his glove, dope. Fire, fire. That yeah, glove was so that was dope cool. that I want the Puerto Rican version of that for my birthday. <laughs> I'm putting it out there for all of you that don't yeah. know my birthday's in September. Just FYI. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I thought the glove was cool, and I like the fact that they're letting them use the um, letting the players use the custom bats that was kind mm -hmm. of introduced in 2017 for the home run derby. Now it's made its way into the all-star game. There was some, a lot of cool custom bats that were there. Uh, Judge brought it with his cleats. Judges. A few people had good cleats yeah. on. Yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I also thought the, the whole happy birthday for Jackie Robinson's uh, wife, her hundredth birthday was yesterday. That yeah. was cool. Um, and also Denzel's uh, presentation before. The game too. I thought that uh, they did a nice job with that as well, um, and yeah, had it landing on her birthday was cool. Uh, Nike did drop some dunk lows. Jackie Robinson's on the sneakers app. Some of us got shut down. A lot of us got shut down and didn't win that drawing. Not thrilled about that, but uh, you know we move on. So <laughs> yeah. Um, All together, I thought it was a pretty. The two days were a lot of fun. Uh, I didn't catch much of the celebrity softball game this year. I know the Futures game, Jason Dominguez hit a home run in. So the Yanks are represented in that. Uh, Anthony Volpe had played in that as well. So, uh, yeah, going to that stuff is a lot of fun. So yeah. if you ever get a chance and it's in your city, because who knows when it's going to be a new Yankee Stadium again, because New York had it like twice of, what was it, 2013 and, and 2008. So my guess is we're not going to sniff that for a while. 
Um, yeah, maybe I'll come to like Philly or Baltimore or something. That's not too far. Yeah, it's it, it's a blast because you usually get like a ticket strip and it has like everything on it. So you go to all the events. It's it's a lot of fun. So uh, did you keep fortunate. the red carpet looks? I saw some of them. I didn't get a chance to see too much of that. So Jose Trevino and Nestor Cortez were like, they looked they looked amazing. Nice. And Jose Trevino's son, they they were like, he was like his little mini me on the red carpet. It was very cute. Nice, nice. Yeah, they looked adorable. Um, yeah, we, yeah. The in the All Star uh, uniforms, they warmed up to me at first. I wasn't a huge fan of them. I thought they were very, they were a little too plain. And then I don't know. I, I think over weeks and time, and then seeing them like in person yesterday, well, not in person, like I was there, but like seeing them like people wearing them and stuff, I was like, yeah, this is actually pretty cool. I yeah. I, I was with it then. Better yeah. than the ones from last year. Last year was terrible. That was awful. So, but I also noticed that I went to go get a Stanton name and number all-star shirt and uh, nowhere to be found. Only a jersey. No t-shirts. They only have like Cole and Judge and that's it. I'm like, why? Why would you not go with Stanton as well? Well, I'm sure those will start popping up now, now that he's MVP. He's always been my MVP. (laughs) I sure hope so, because that, that would be a pretty cool shirt, I think, to, to get there. Um, all right, anything else on the Home Run Derby or All-Star Game before we shift gears? Um, I just want to say I thought it was really cute when, after he hit his home, what before his home run, when they were mic'd up, they were talking about how he used to sit in the seats right behind where he was yeah. uh, playing. And then mm-hmm. he had a home run, and they were like, how close to that uh, was that to the seats you sat in? And he was like, no, that's basically like exactly where I sat. So hopefully somebody has a fun souvenir tonight. Like, I think that's just so cool, you know? You go there as a kid, you watch games. He shouted out his mom and dad, and, and particularly his dad, for bringing him to games when he was a kid um, mm-hmm. afterwards. I don't know. Also, the bat that he got was also dope. The MVP yeah, that bat. Was. That was yeah, I, I didn't I didn't see the part. They, I'm just no. Was it the no? He got the car too, right? Are they still doing the car? Because I actually had clicked off. I didn't of that see part. that. Oh yeah, I know they usually give the home uh, the All Star Game uh, MVP some sort of a car. That I mean, I'm sure they probably donate them half of the time or whatever like that. They're probably like this, and I got something just a bit Wait. nicer than this. So, so. Uh, all right, let's go ahead and then uh, we'll shift gears then and uh yeah, this is this is a little different for for the show uh we'll be talking about episode one of the captain that debuted after the home run derby okay um, i'm gonna say this for people who are like me and don't watch things right away if you're tuning in right now you might want to tune out for uh, yes. if you haven't seen it yeah damn it i didn't for on grannies we have a banner that says spoilers all across the bottom i did not make them for this uh but listen if you if you're a Yankee fan of a certain age, then I think you, you there's there's really no spoilers in this. You you remember what happened for the most yeah. part. Um so but no, I, I think the um I think it was actually really well done. Uh you know, if he if he had if he sees this, you know, Randy did a phenomenal job uh with Let's directing it. directing it. It was cool. I can definitely see the influence for the from the last dance. At least I don't know if you watched the last dance or not. But uh, it was the Bulls, yeah, thirty for thirty. Um, but I can definitely see some similarities there, and I liked it a lot. Like I really loved the way the Last Dance was, was uh, the cinematography and the directing and the you know the music and everything, and that's what made it. And I'm glad that this made it in as well, 
because it is also the executive producers of The Last Dance and Spike Lee as well. Um, so yeah, the style of it I thought was really cool. Uh, music choices were excellent. Uh, definitely takes you to you know takes you to the time period they're talking about, which I thought was really mm -hmm. cool. Um, and yeah, the interviews that they had with the blue background and everything, I thought that was really cool. That looked well. And um, yeah, I mean, again, the, the the thing I think I took away that I learned from the of the first episode was how much Jeter doubted himself during the time he was struggling in the minors. That is something yeah. that he didn't really discuss too much during his playing career because, you know, as we've talked about it on previous episodes and stuff, and you're familiar, Jeter was a master of the media. Like, he would say a bunch of words and give you zero to dissect. Can't twist it. Can't turn this into some cute little headline. Like, stuff of what they're doing with Aaron Judge right now with that interview with Marley Rivera, that whole thing has gotten blown way out of proportion. Jeter gave you none of that. And Jeter's private life was never... It's like people knew things, but didn't couldn't confirm or deny any of it. And it just kind of stayed there. And that mm -hmm. was that. So, yeah, I found it really fascinating how much he doubted himself and how much... I mean, I always knew Jeter to be like a... have a huge competitive drive. It was why I think him and Jordan became like actual friends during his career. Because he kind of reminds me of MJ in that way. Where he has that drive where like, dude, you're going to have to kill me to beat me. And that's what drove from there. And that was my biggest takeaway from from the first episode. I also love the fact that it followed Jeter's story, but it also told the story of the Yankees during that time. It wasn't just strictly mm -hmm. hyper-focused on Jeter. It told the entire story of the Yankees at that time. You know, there was a lot of Don Mattingly you know, in the beginning mm -hmm. of Jeter's career, yeah. which it, they did cross over briefly. You know, there is that <laughs> There is that factor there. And, yeah, Mattingly's – at that point, Mattingly's story was, you know, a bit sad because – he was going out the way, you know, he did. And, uh, you know, 95 is still, for me, the most heartbreaking loss I've ever experienced as a Yankees fan. Very much tied to Mattingly because I waited my entire, like, childhood to see him in the playoffs. And then, you know, they lost, They had that crushing loss to Seattle mm -hmm. to end it. Uh, but he also hit 417 in that ALDS. So he got to shine and go out like a beast. Um, but yeah, Jeter, the, the Jeter view of that, though, is what I thought was very interesting. What, what was your biggest takeaways from it or things that maybe you learned that you perhaps didn't really know or weren't that aware of prior? Um, I mean, the, the one thing that uh, from what you mentioned that really stuck out to me was the whole thing about the failure, right? Like, so <laughs> this does not equate to what he experienced, but I remember um, I went to college this, like I started college the summer before classes actually started because I was in a special program where I was going to get a few credits ahead of time. It was my first time away from home and not knowing anybody. I went to another state. Um, I went to a state that has like very different vibes than New York. I went to school in Delaware. Um, I stuck out like a sore thumb in many ways just because of like my New York vibe. Um, and I remember over that summer, I was doing okay at first. I was uh, I learned over that summer that I'm actually very introverted. Um, for those for those of you who've known me forever, you're like what? Um, for those of you like Ed, who the day you met me, I was very introverted, and now I'm not as much anymore because I know you. Um, 
So it does take me a little while to warm up to people. But when I was in high school, I knew everybody. So like, you know, I was in the social. Um, but in college over the summer, something happened to me where an RA of mine basically like ripped me a new one um, because she said I wasn't a real Latino or a real Puerto Rican. And if anybody knows me, that's probably the most devastating thing you could ever say to me. Um, so I called my mom. I was like, Ma, come pick me up and take me home. So when his mom said that he kept calling her and, and she was like, yeah, you could come home. And his dad was like, no, don't tell him that. I appreciate my, I'm sure my mom wanted to like drive down to Delaware and come get me. Um, but she, she like forced herself not to, or maybe my dad told her not to. And I'm so glad they didn't because I loved college so much. So anyway, that's my, the closest I'm ever getting to Derek Jeter story. <laughs> but what I liked about that part of the, um, of the episode was when he said, you have to learn to deal with failure because I had never had to deal with it before. I mean, here he was, you know, the, the um, best high school player in America. He was drafted, you know, very early on, even though he wasn't the first or the fifth, he was number six, like, come on. And the Yankees are the ones that picked him up and they were so excited about him. It was his dream team. I got teary eyed when they showed the home video of the phone call when he got the call. Because that was really cool. Mom's reaction, I was like, oh my God. Oh my God. His mom's <laughs> reaction was so, she's like, that's his dream team. That's his dream. His grandmother's going to have a heart attack. <laughs> it was just so precious. And he was trying to be all cool. And then he put his dad on the phone. And the dad leaned back in the chair and was like, hey, I can do So it was like those moments where you could see he was feeling things because he he didn't show his emotions like he showed um like baseball emotions but that was really it like you know Derek yeah. Jeter, the person emotions we like never got you know, we're seeing it now on his instagram and his twitter he's freaking funny as hell like i don't know i i, I i'm i'm enjoying him being on social media now it's definitely a new side of him um he's like making fun of his daughters on social media when they do things it's hilarious <laughs> Um, so I really appreciated that. I also appreciated, um, I guess kind of like you said, like his drive with, uh, the way Michael Jordan had his drive, like he was so confident, but to me as a biased major fan of his, it never came off as cocky to me. Whereas somebody else who he was always closely associated with throughout his career was cocky as hell. And we're going to talk about that person eventually. I know. Um, yeah, we'll get to his episode. Yeah. One of the quotes that he said early on, and it was um, that people were like saying, oh, nobody from Kalamazoo is ever going to make it to the major leagues. And he was like, uh, sorry that you can't reach my dream, but I'm going to. Like, I love that attitude. I think that uh, people need to have that kind of attitude more often. Um, the work that I do, the work that Damon and I do, like we work with a lot of young adults and we try to like, we try to talk to them like that. Like, no, 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 you can't reach your dream. You want to do this? Do this. Let's let's help you out with this. Um, because once you start thinking that about yourself, it's like you're gonna do it. You know, yeah. it really, I, I feel like things really manifest once you like once you say with confidence that you're able to do something, no matter how hard mm -hmm. it is while you're in the process of doing it, you're gonna end up doing it because you're already your mindset is already saying, I got this. Um, so I love that from an early age, he got it. And that that goes back to his parents when he used to say, I want to be the shortstop for the Yankees. They never said to him, no, you can't do that. Or no, that's too hard. They encouraged it. 
and they took a yeah. lot. They took a lot. I, I, I mean, I've always liked um, kind of how his, like how they always portrayed his family, um, and to see like you know in this episode a little bit more about his family, I loved it. Um, cause I, I can't imagine how hard it was for his parents, um, being married, being a, uh, interracial couple in the area that they lived in. I mean, anywhere in America during the time that, that Derek Jeter was a kid an interracial couple was, it was hard. It's still hard now sometimes. Yeah, no, for sure. And, and definitely back at that time, it was, I mean, I can't even imagine what it was like. I mean, that's, that's a lot. It really is. Uh, let me throw up a couple of quick comments here. Uh, from Yankees Morning Brew, I believe. Uh, yeah, that's that's D's boy that uh, he had mentioned. What's up? What's going on, dude? And, uh, yeah, D had mentioned that, um, yeah, so they were able to go to the the uh, viewing at the stadium a couple of weeks ago, which we had tickets to. And, unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it due to, you know, the God of Thunder running <laughs> a little bit over than I thought and then traffic. And then, yeah, it was just a lot of things stopped up, so. Uh, yeah, I heard it was a pretty cool time from some people that went. Mm-hmm. I do wish I could have went, but you know, again, it's it's all right. We we get to still talk about it. It's not, if it was the only time you ever got to see it, or it was like a year in advance or something, I'd probably been like a bit more pissed off about it. I probably would have canceled the Thor screening. But <laughs> you know, there was that. Um, yeah, no, I, I think um, yeah, a lot of it, a lot of it was was really. It was telling, like you you had mentioned that Jeter showed a lot of baseball emotions on the field, and we got to see like the classic fist pump thing he, he would do and stuff like that in big mm-hmm. moments. Um, for as far as him being funny, I remember seeing things occasionally in the dugout. Apparently, he joked with Hideki Matsui a lot all the time. And I can't wait until they get to that part of his career because I would I'm assuming Matsui was spoken to. And he's a huge part of it. Apparently, his, his teammates loved him. I mean, the fan base loved Matsui's one of my favorite Yankees ever. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure when we did, like, top 10 favorite Yankees, Matsui makes my 10. Mm-hmm. And I, w- I would love to see – I hope we get to see more about their relationship together as well because that's got to be – that's got to be pretty awesome. Um, I mean, we talked about this once on the, the podcast. Uh, my favorite story about them was when Matsui made a bet with him, and I can't remember who the other person was. They were all single. And he made a bet oh, with them about, married, like, yeah. who's going to get married first? And then that weekend he got married. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I thought that was the funniest story ever. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't there some sort of drawing or something like that that Matsui had? It was it was weird. He had some sort of, like, weird drawing of his wife or something. I, I don't know. It was, it was pretty funny. Um, But, yeah, no, the um, really looking forward to episode two dropping tomorrow night because it, it comes, you know, right away. Uh, I believe it's seven, eight o'clock tomorrow. Then on ESPN will be episode two, and then uh, we will get five more after that. So uh, yeah, well, that'll pretty much be a fixture opening segment moving forward of talking about the latest episode of the Captain. Yeah. So pretty, pretty excited about that as, as well. Did you uh, anything else on on this episode before we, we keep it rolling? Talk about our movie. Yeah, I just want to say one more thing. Um, uh, you know, they talked about Gene Michael Stick, um, and I just want to say that. I got to meet him at Yankee camp. Did you meet Stick Michael? Yeah, he was there for I think two or three three of the years that I was there, and I remember uh, sitting down to get an autograph of his. And usually, like, there's this big line of people waiting to get autographs. Um, and 
I went to get an autograph with him and he literally sat with me for 20 minutes and like told me several baseball stories and how baseball now is so different than when he, you know, like was really in the thick of it. And I found it so fascinating. I was like, oh my God, like this man is, is dropping so much baseball knowledge on me now. I can't even, I can't even handle it. Really nice man. Um, and just like, you know, hearing that he saw like Buck Showalter was like, are you sure he doesn't make sure I saw <laughs> Oh, and, and he was making like, like 40 yes. something. What was it? 40, 60 something 50, errors that he 50, had? 56 errors his first year in the minors. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, absolutely. Yeah, it was just cool. I'm also excited. You know, like we, we saw a lot of people in this episode and we still haven't seen so many that you know are major significant players in his career. So I'm just really looking forward to seeing all of the folks that were interviewed. Yeah, no, I mean, I am also, obviously, I'll admit, I'm very fascinated about when they get to his relationship with A-Rod. I am mm-hmm. very fascinated about that. And not just because I'm, I want to know more. I mean, I know about the, you know, we know about the Esquire article. Uh, we've heard about that for years. It is different seeing, it'll be different hearing Jeter actually acknowledge it because he's never really acknowledged it before. So yeah. that's something that'll be interesting. Uh, and just how that relationship was so strong and then dissolved over time is what, I'm curious to hear about it. And again, Jeter actually speaking on it is a whole nother level than what we know. You hear there again, rumors and hearsay and things like that, things we assumed were fact but didn't really get the confirmation. And I mm-hmm. feel like now we're actually going to get that. So real quick about that, and we'll probably deep dive it more when the episode airs, but I was talking to uh, my two older brothers via text. We talk about the Yankees a lot via text. And I texted them and I was like hey did you guys watch the captain episode one yet it was great and they hadn't seen it at that moment but one of my brothers said um uh you know Jeter uh, I heard it's like a hate fest for A-Rod he probably said that because he knows I hate I can't stand A-Rod so then I was Mm -hmm. like no it's not like it's not a hate fest at all about him like there's just the one part of one episode that's going to talk about their relationship but that's because Derek Jeter never talked about it before and my brother was like well, he should have talked about it years ago. He is the captain of the team. And I'm like, but when their relationship dissolved, no. they weren't on the same team. Like, it, like this was Alex Rodriguez talking smack about him for years, saying that Alex was the better player, blah, 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 this and that, and that Derek would never amount to, like, him. Like, look, you're, you're two different types of players. Derek wasn't, you know, like, the home run hitter the way Alex was. Derek didn't use steroids the way Alex did. Yeah, I said it. Mm-hmm. Um uh like all of these things and and then my other brother chimed in too and both of like my one brother and i both agreed like he was being professional he wasn't letting the off field drama get in the way of what he was focused on and now he's talking about it years later because now he has time to reflect and now he can be like yeah man you know that was some bs um and here's why it was bs like here's my side of the story now but i don't i think him not talking about it at the time it happened was a good move. And my brother no, I fully like agree should with have you. spoke about it there. No, no. If he spoke about it then, he would have turned it into a, a, a drama show over there. Yeah. Like a soap opera. No. we Listen, that worked for the 70s Yankees with the Bronx Zoo stuff, but that was that would have been a horrible. He probably should have been stripped of his captaincy if he would have gone yeah. ahead. And, that's, how, that's how horrendous a decision that would have been. Mm-hmm. Jeter took the I high heard. road. Didn't talk about it during his career. This is many years later. This is, you know, it's a documentary. This is a totally different story. So yeah. I actually think that was definitely the right move. And now, now is the time to talk about it. And 
And again, like there's a lot of things that we learned in the last dance about, you know, Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls in the 90s that we didn't, you heard rumors about, but no one ever talked about because Jordan didn't talk about it either. Mm -hmm. So I, I do, I don't think it's a mistake, again, that they're friends and I'm sure there's been, there was some coaching at that point then to make sure that, you know, that that's the similar approach. And then, you know, both are having the documentaries in back-to-back -back years on mm -hmm. ESPN, like, later on about it. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, not, one not, last thing I forgot. Yeah. I just remembered um, the conversation that he had with Don Mattingly when they were on the field one day, and it was, like, just the two of them. And he was mm -hmm. like, you better start running. And then Derek yeah, was yeah. like, why? There's nobody here. And he was like, you never know who's watching. <laughs> uh-huh. Because of the blackout owner's uh, box. It's funny because I remember I've heard that story over the years that Mattingly had told them that in that situation, but without the part of the blacked out owner's box part. It was just kind of like, you know, hey, you know, just in case you never know, like, could be a kid, could be a fan watching you hustling. So you should be there. But then it turns out it was a blacked out owner's box that was, you know, just George was always watching. So I thought that was an interesting twist to it. Yeah, it was time, also but, very like, uh, dictatorial like that's kind of creepy you know it's george that was george the stories about him calling down to the dugout phone and stuff like that to yell at billy martin and stuff over the years george was always gonna george until he was not allowed to for a little while so because mm -hmm. even when he came back he still eventually would call hideki rabo a fat toad and yeah. for not covering first base in a in a spring training game and he would, you know, he had his little brief rift with Derek also about staying out too late and things like that. But they buried the hatchet and made the commercial. I'm sure they'll talk about that on one of the episodes. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, down, down. So, all right. Uh, then let's go ahead and, and shift gears to our movie because it is the 30th anniversary of A League of Their Own. So, yeah, 30 years. That's, wow. That is, that's something. That makes um, me feel very old. Yeah, a league of their own. Uh, you know, if you, it, they do have an Amazon series coming out, which seems to be a very different take on it, uh, which is which is cool. I mean, you know, you don't want to just go ahead and rehash the same thing. Um, but it's one of the best baseball movies ever made. It absolutely uh, is. So I'm going to go over a few fun facts throughout our conversation, but it is the best baseball movie uh, in terms of the highest grossing. Is it the highest grossing baseball movie ever? It's the highest grossing baseball movie of all time. It grossed $107.5 million at the box office in 1992. And that was the only wow. baseball film to break the $100 million mark. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, that is very impressive. I mean, I, I didn't even Especially think about with the Especially with a mostly female cast. Yeah, no, that, that it's, it's true. I mean, that's something that, especially at that time, I'm sure there are people who are turning their noses and stuff like that away to it, but uh, anyone who I know that's watched the movie will praise it very highly. I mean, more baseball fans that end up will watch it will praise the baseball aspect, the uh, you know the performances that are in the film, the direction by Petty Marshall, um, mm -hmm. you know e everything to it. They're just the little details and stuff like that, even the comedic elements with like John Lovitz. I actually John completely forgot how how hilarious he was in this film. I completely forgot how funny he was in this. He was absolutely hilarious. He was, and they said uh, quite a few of his lines were ad libbed. When he says, uh, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna go home, eat, eat some whatever, and get my my pickle tickled," 
Like that was oh, yeah. <laughs> And when he tells when when he's leaving the barn and uh he tells like one of the cows, Oh, shut up over there. That cow in real life was actually giving birth in that moment. Really? Yes. Nice. Yes. Nice. Did not know that at all. Yeah. Um, um also I thought that when, when John Lovitz first came on, I was like, Oh look, Nestor Cortez. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Cortez looks so much like him. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Gina Gina Davis is great as Dottie Henson, and she totally pulls it off. Uh, looks pretty fluent with, uh, you know, in, in playing baseballs. I also think that's something that's very important when you're going to cast an actor or an actress to play a sporting role. They have to look natural doing it. Jerry always rips Wesley Snipes for not looking great playing baseball. <laughs> Mm -hmm. just, you can tell he's just, you know, an actor trying to fake the funk over there. So, but uh, Gina Davis looks good playing it. Uh, you know, Madonna's good in her role as all the way May. Uh, mm -hmm. Rosie O'Donnell is, all, is also really funny as well. Uh, yeah, and then uh, was it um, Laura? Uh, I'm sorry. Lori Petty. Kit's, Lori Petty. Yeah, I was thinking of Kit there. She also pulls it off as well. Um I wanted to actually ask you though, since there's a long debated topic in this film. Oh no no no! And save I, that for later. No? Save it for later. I know where you're going. Because, I mean, yeah. Angie actually reignited it because she like after we watched it on on uh, the other night, after we did our show, she was like, "Did that? Did she?" So. I, I, I have right. a fun fact about that, but I think we should save that for later. One thing I want to okay. say about what you were commenting on about how natural people look—they actually. Every woman who auditioned for the movie had to learn how to play baseball. Like they, they uh, were trained by the. I think they said the Chicago Cubs um, for the for the movie for three months before the movie. So everybody got okay. trained, and it it was uh, to the point where when Gina Davis was training for the movie, um, she had never played a sport in her life before. She said, and she had like natural athletic abilities, and mm -hmm. the people that were training her were like, "Whoa, like you like." There are some things that you're doing that like that's hard to teach, and she said that that's what kind of um, encouraged her to pick up archery. And I don't know if you remember, but she went to the Olympic trials for archery. I actually totally forgot about that. In like 1998 or six, six, six. I don't remember what year it was, but yeah, okay. it was because of her conditioning to be Dottie Henson on a league of their own that she realized, whoa, I can actually, be, I'm an actual athlete. And she's very tall too, so like that's no, pretty impressive. Is. Also, when she did the split to impress the photographer, the newspaper people, she really did it. Mm -hmm. They all, all of the players, the reason why they wanted them to play baseball was because they really were playing when they filmed those scenes. Yeah, no, you have to. You can't go with like I think it's it seems to be pretty obvious when there's a stunt double in a sports yeah. movie. Yeah, you know when they're cutting um, away and you never see the face and everything. And that reminds me, uh, the scene where the one woman, Alice, has that big old bruise on her thigh, that was mm -hmm. real, too. That that wasn't makeup. She really oh, had wow. that bruise on her thigh. Ouch. They said it Ouch. took, it, it took like, three years for the thing to heal afterwards. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, that thing was um, nasty. Yeah, um, and, I, and the movie also doesn't does a good job of not shying away from the times and stuff like that about, you know, how much society was kind of like, you know, looking down on an all-girls baseball league, all-women's baseball league, and, you know, people telling them the whole, like, you know, oh, 
you know, go to the kitchen and all this other stupid shit that people would say. And, you know, I, I'm glad it didn't shy away from it. See, I'm sure it, I'm I'm assuming it was much worse than what oh. we see in the film. I mean, obviously, the movie is supposed to capture that, but it's still, you know, a drama comedy. So they're not going to go too far. Like in 42, obviously, we know it was much worse than, you know, what was shown in that film. But yeah. they push it as much as they can for to keep it within a film where it's entertaining and stuff like that. Um, but kudos to them for not, you know, sugarcoating it and, and stuff like that. That they, they kind of they went for it in in those aspects. Yeah. Um, in rewatching the film as the person that I am today, as the woman that I am today, I do have to say that like I loved I loved it growing up. I was excited to rewatch it, and then while rewatching it, I was like. um there's some things in here i don't really like anymore um but then i had to remind myself it's about a time period where like you know the uniform was a friggin' skirt come on you know like that's ridiculous i mean they had shorts underneath it great but it was designed to make them look sexy on the field the etiquette classes they had to go to um having a chaperone like all that stuff i was like oh my god you know like i can't i can't I mean, it's very hard for me to fathom, you know, like experiencing that kind of stuff now, though we might revert back to that if uh, folks of power and privilege in our country keep making stupid decisions, just throwing that in there. Um, And the one part that I do wish that they would have touched on a little more than just that one brief scene was with the African-American players, right? So there was the scene where the ball gets away from Dottie and uh, the the Southern woman, I can't think of her name. And then... um, the African-American woman picks up the ball and like wails it, not at Dottie, who was closer to her, but the Southern chick. And she was like, oh, mm-hmm. when she caught it. And then Dottie looks over and the lady was like, mm-hmm. you know, like I, yeah. I, I know that in the reboot of the TV show that's coming up, they are going to focus yeah. on that part more. So I'm excited to watch that because, um, yeah, there weren't just white women who were able to play softball. Hello, I'm Puerto Rican. Um I'll play baseball. I mean, which I which was my first sport, not softball. Mm-hmm. I played baseball until girls weren't allowed to play baseball anymore in little league, and we had to transition over to softball. That's how old I am. Um, but yeah, so there were parts of the movie that I was like, all right, you know, like like when Dottie decided to leave the team right before the playoffs because I understand her husband came home from the war and was wounded. Like I get that, but you're just gonna drop baseball. Because your husband, I mean, he was he was well, so, fine. <laughs> well, I think no, no, I get that, but I think what they were dry, what I got from it is that what they were talking about in the film, though, is that Dottie's mindset, though, was that she didn't really, you know, at least she was putting on that she didn't really love the game. She didn't yeah, really she was doing care it too more much for about her game. sister to get to get. Yeah, to to get kid into it, and it's not yeah. that she couldn't play or anything like that, but her main focus was. I want to be, you know, a wife and a mom and, and all this other stuff and yeah. do all these other things. So, I mean, I, I I understood it. I mean, I'm glad she makes the decision to go back in the end. And, you know, she does. Again, I think what happened was she also probably saw was like, hey, he's good. You know, mm-hmm. it didn't look like he was discouraging her at all from playing. You know, he just kind of showed up and was probably like, I'm happy I'm not getting shot at right now. I'm happy that mm-hmm. I survived a war. Uh, yeah. I'm happy to see my wife there. Um, but I thought that was a cool aspect to it. And she goes back and, 
uh, you know, there's the whole, you know, she comes back in game seven of the World Series. And, of course, Angie and I had discussed she could have came back a couple of games earlier and they would have won and they wouldn't have not been a game seven. Because, uh, I mean, Dottie's the best player in the league in, in, in the film. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, there, there was that. Um, her sister, Kit, is – she annoys the shit out of me. I want to punch her throughout the entire movie. She's such a brat. Yeah. Yeah. She's, She's annoying. She's yes. really annoying. Yes. Um, and Lori Petty does a great job, though, of selling it because, I mean, that's, I think, how you're supposed to feel about it, about yeah. her in, in general. Um, but, and I, but I think, we ha- I think we're, we're there, though. We need to discuss yes. the, the thing. We have I'm to ready. discuss the thing. So, yeah. So, listen, did Dottie drop the ball on purpose at the collision at the plate to let her sister get over and win? Because they, I or did she genuinely just drop the ball, and was dislodged, and that's just what happened, and that that was that. So I think the evidence we have is it's shown. There's something shown in the in the beginning, the opening scene of the film, when she's talking to her. I guess it was her grandkids about the little brother and the older brother. Tells the little brother go kick his ass and everything like that. So I kind of felt like they foreshadowed that a little bit in the beginning. And then a little bit throughout, and then, you know, her leaving and choosing to keep it moving. And then obviously, you know, the Peaches don't want to trade their best player in the league, so they trade Kit instead. Um, but I don't know. What do, you, what do you think? Apparently this is a highly debated thing. And I'm so sorry. And also the final shot of Dottie and, uh, and, and Dugan going – and Jimmy Dugan going ahead and looking and just their reaction – of watching her celebrate. Yeah, she's smiling, and he looks over her, and she's like... Yeah. Yeah. So, did she do it or not? Is it, was it thrown, or was it not thrown? What do you what So, do you So, I have a couple of things to say about this. The first one is, when I was looking up the fun facts, they actually asked... They've interviewed her about it many times, and mm-hmm. she says, of course I know the answer to that, and of course I'll never tell you. And she has never told anybody what the truth is. And she said she never will. Um, My thought on the movie is I think she did do it on purpose because throughout the movie, there's like this jealousy that Kit has about her. She's known, you know, she's the best player in the league. They tell her how pretty she is compared to Kit. Oh, Kit's just her little sister. She's the reason why Kit even got in the league in the first place. They wanted to keep her on the peaches, not Kit. Um, uh, even like, you know, like when they're walking back to the farm and they start running, you know, like major sibling mm-hmm. rivalry on Kit's part, not on her part. She was always yeah. like, yeah, whatever, you know, like what, whatever. Um, my personal thought is, look, it could be my dad. It could be my mom. It could be one of my nieces or nephews. You're getting tagged out. Like if we're on opposite teams and I'm the catcher and you're coming home when you shouldn't have. When you when when your third base coach is telling you stay on third and the ball's already coming in and it's coming mm-hmm. to me and I catch it, you're getting tagged out. I don't care who you are. I don't care. I'm not like yeah. I, I was really struggling. I'm still struggling with this to know to think if she did she do it intentionally or not. I mean oh wow. We gotta <laughs> yeah, before I say that, we got a comment here. Nah, he's got to learn. He's got to learn. I love him. I love that child. He's got to learn. 
He's no, oh, learn, no, that's what I'm he's, saying. he's got to learn. By the way, everybody, in case you don't know, Gabriel is my nephew and godson, and Barbara's my sister-in-law. Um, he he's got to learn the way Derek Jeter had to learn failure. So whether it comes from his favorite Titi or from a stranger, he got to learn. I'll comfort him after, but he's gonna be out. <laughs> <laughs> well, I knew Tim was gonna. I knew, I knew Tim was gonna have something to say about this. He's a big fan of Olivia Duran as well. Uh, Marla and Dottie abandoned their team when they Agreed. needed the most. If the peaches were there, they you know they sweep. Tim, I totally agree with you there. Agree, hundred uh, percent. And Tim has his thoughts on this. Yeah, she dropped it on purpose. Yeah. Okay. I Marla, Marla had no business getting married during the season. No business getting married during the season. You should have waited until until postseason but, to get married. But they did foreshadow, you know, what she was dealing with with. I know. Yeah, well, that was her also father one thing I didn't. Her look. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, she was swept away in love because she's never been in love before or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So, I, I mean, I don't know. I could kind of excuse that a little bit more. I don't know. I, they're both not horrible reasons for what they did. I, I'm actually not mad at either one of them for that. But regarding Dottie, though, okay, regarding Dottie dropping the ball on purpose, I think number one, you're going to go ahead and this whole tight-knit team that you came back and, you know, had put your husband to the side briefly for a second. Not that – well, whatever. She wants to go play baseball. I mean, her, her husband's fine. He's alive. He's fine. Mm -hmm. So she went back to her team, such a close-knit team. They're going through all this stuff together all season. And you're going to go ahead and throw the game so your bratty little kid sister can finally win. I don't know, man. That makes me look at the character completely differently. Yeah. That actually makes me think she's extremely selfish then. Yeah. In the end. That's not cool. That is really not cool. On the other hand, if she really did just drop it and that's it, because it's not like she didn't completely truck her and run her over there. If she legitimately dropped it, then I mean what are you gonna do? Sometimes the you know, the underdog is gonna win. So mm -hmm. um yeah. I told you, Tim is, a, Tim is a huge fan of this. So I'm actually kind of surprised he didn't try to pop in before on this. Uh, she can get married, but why leave? Listen, she, she, it's honeymoon or whatever the heck did they do? I mean, listen. I was That's ready what to they play did that day. I was ready to play the next day. So, I mean, whatever. <laughs> it's so insane. So, that's, a whole different, that's a whole different thing. You can't ask me genuinely about that, but... Uh, Another comment here. Uh, Dottie was there in Illinois. It's the World Series. Bob isn't going anywhere. If I'm Jimmy Dugan, she doesn't play Game Seven. Then hundred percent agree with that. I agree, but then the Peaches most likely lose Game Seven and don't even get to the final play because she did drive in the two runs as well. She did. she did. Angie said the same thing at first, but I was like, she did drive in the two runs. So give it and take it away. You needed her back in the lineup too. To get to that point, so I don't know. It just makes me. It just makes me see Dottie in a totally different way. If she did, if she did job and 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 drop the game, that's yeah. not that's not cool. And what kind of a message does that send in general? Does that say, hey, little sisters or little brothers, be a brat, throw your fits, and eventually, eventually, when it matters most, your older sibling will give in and let you win in the end. No. Let me tell you something. That's, that's my not, brother, that's a shitty message. My older brother, Barbara's husband, 
when when we were kids and we used to play games on like Nintendo or Atari. Again, that's how old I am. Commodore 64. If I started beating him at any point, he was ripping that game system out of the wall and turning the TV off just so he could say, oh. we never finished the game. You didn't win. When oh, we, we were playing we, we Monopoly, fixed, yeah. he would flip the board if I was winning. Me and Steve fixed Kurt's ass with that shit because he used to try to pull that shit too. And we were because we, we you know there was there was both of uh, me and Steve and it was Kurt and it was others and it would be like a tournament. So if Kurt pulled his shit, he lost and he was off. That was it. So he stopped doing it eventually. Oh, well, let's get some more comments here, and that's why Gabriel already knows failure. It's an important it's it, it's an, a very very important thing there you've got to learn failure at an, at an early age i mean we start with Derek jeter we were just talking about him in the last segment you know jordan's talked about it as well his brother used to always want to beat him too so mm -hmm. and he's the worst <laughs> yet they're about wow. to celebrate a, a, an anniversary in 10 days <laughs> <laughs> oh my god Tim, by the way, Tim, this is a great line. And if I'll avoid the clap, that was Jimmy, Jimmy Duke. And Tom Hanks is, I mean, he's always awesome in, in everything. Oh, he's and so especially good. in this, he he is phenomenal in this, in this film. Him and Gina so, Davis have great chemistry. They really do. So, of course, there's a couple of quotes from the movie that stand out, that being one of them. Obviously, the most famous one that, like, nobody could have predicted. There's no crying in baseball. Yeah. Like, Come on, that I—that's I, one of my favorite scenes, probably. Um, when when she's just like, okay, okay, <laughs> are you crying? There's no crying. <laughs> um, I also like when when um Dottie is leaving and he's you know like he kind of meets her outside. And he's like, where are you going? Um, when she was like, it's hard. He says it's supposed to be hard. If it wasn't hard, everybody would do it. The hard is what makes it great. I 100% believe that. We were just having a conversation with somebody the other day during our post game about mm -hmm. how hard baseball is. And yeah, it's not for everybody, you know, and some people will equate the fact that it's hard with it being boring, right? Because you can't hit a ball with a bat because, you know, like you tried it twice in your life and then you never did or whatever. Obviously, mm -hmm. anything takes practice, right? But it is hard to hit a circular ball with a round bat, like, and the ball's coming at you at what, and it's not coming at you straight all the time. It's not coming in the yep. same exact spot every time. Um, so I, th I mean, that's part of the reason why I love it. Like it is hard. It is hard. And that's why a batter, uh, uh, a player who bats 350 is great, but 350 means they've only gone, you know, three, three point, three 3.5 times out of 10, they hit the ball. Yeah, and and not even just hit the ball, hit it successfully where no one caught it, right? At all, or you know, grounded out or anything like that. I mean, the game is is you do fail most of the time. When you succeed, yep. you still fail most of the time, and you're yes. hitting round ball with round bat, which doesn't logically make any sense. Mm -hmm. And that's just the basics part of it. You know, then you have to know exactly right out of the pitcher's hand. You know, you're looking for grip. You're looking for spin. You need to decide how what pitches does this guy have? What does it look? Everything looks like a fastball out of the hand. Is it a slider? Is it a curveball? Is it a changeup? You know, location. It's mind blowing when you really think about how difficult baseball really is. And the Jimmy Dugan quote you had just mentioned there too is what really captures part of the reason I love the game 
I love baseball so much. I mean, I, I do love all four of the major sports, follow them all religiously. You know that anyone knows me knows that, but baseball is baseball. It's, it's, it's different. It's, it's a whole nother thing. So, so there's another quote after the world series, when Kit and Dottie are like in the lobby. Um, uh, yes, that line is hilarious. <laughs> oh yeah that's that's jimmy dugan talking about the chaperone after he makes out with her and then realizes who it is <laughs> listen out of, out of all the characters in this movie jimmy dugan has the most quotable he's the most quotable character absolutely, absolutely. he has the best quotes he absolutely does yeah um, i don't know how much of that but, was ad-libbed or not but he's the most quotable he is um but so they're talking to each other after the world series and she it's a daddy's talking about that she's not coming back so Kit says, you'll miss this. And then Daddy goes, miss it? Miss putting on all this gear? A doubleheader in 100 degree heat, which we're about to play this weekend, a double-double. Um, and then she's like, yeah. Um, and listen, I advocated for playing six games this weekend, knowing it was going to be hot as hot as hell. <laughs> I'm very happy that we're only playing four. I'm going to regret it. I'm going to get I'm a, not, a I'm heat not mad headache. About that. I'm going to get a heat headache, but I'm going to have so much fun playing the sport I love. Oh. Okay, Lisa, we got a we got a good question here from Tim. This is a tough one, Tim, you bastard. <laughs> Managers: Jimmy Dugan from a league of their own, or Lou Brown from Major League? Oh wow, like most quotable. Most quotable, or it. just like which one do we like better? I don't know. The both of them are tough because Lou Brown and made. Listen, I listen. I love Major League. I genuinely do, and I. Getting to rewatching it the other Sunday night is the first time I've watched it in a little while. But my, my I've said it on the show before. My favorite baseball movie, right up there. I mean, '61. I have a, a soft spot for. It. I admit it's probably a little biased at times, but '61 is, is great. Major League is just fantastic. It's absolutely. I even like the second one too. It, it's not as good as the first one, but it's still fun. Mm -hmm. We don't talk. We don't talk about the third one, but. Um, yeah. Oh, wow. Lou Brown. Damn, that is tough. Tim, I think you may have stumped me. That's almost impossible here. Tim watches Major League every opening day. Around opening day, it's always on TV a lot, and I happen to catch it as well. Um, Tim, what is your answer, Lou Brown or Jim, Jimmy Dugan? How about you You throw it in here as well? Uh, Lisa, what do you think? Who do you, who do you like more? I'm assuming you're going to go with Jimmy Dugan. but um, Yeah. I am going to go with Jimmy Dugan. I think, uh, first of man. all, I, I mean, it, like, there's extreme bias because I love Tom Hanks. Um, mm -hmm. So there's just that piece. I don't know. Like, the way he comes around and starts to, like, actually care about the team, you know, after a while, um, that clearly means that, like, he's recognizing, oh, shit, they could play, you know? Um, and then he, he ends up turning down um, a, a minor league managing contract to stay with them. Like, I just think that was that was also dope at the end, too. So, I don't know. I like him. Although, yeah, some of the Lou Brown quotes were really, really funny, too. But I don't know. I got to go with Jimmy Dugan. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I mean, I quote Lou Brown much more than I quote Jimmy Dugan. I'll say that. Uh, oh, wow. Tim is going to go with Jimmy Dugan 1-1-A. One, one Tim, I kind of feel like it's a little bit of a cop-out right there. I think you're... you're <laughs> so, so in yeah, other you're words, he's saying Dugan. He's saying Jimmy Dugan. He's saying Jimmy Dugan. Over, over, yeah, exactly. 
I don't know. I, I quote, I personally quote Lou Brown much more, especially when someone doesn't feel the grounder. Like, you know, give me this, some of this Ole bullshit. Uh, <laughs> and then, uh, let's see. Tim's, Tim gets quoted from Lou Brown also because apparently someone in his uh, town of deposit is a, uh, it's a hell of an idea. Tim! So there's, there's that. Um, I don't know. And then Lou Brown with the white walls. And then like when they're offering him the job in major league and he's selling tires at the time, it was like, how would you like to manage the Indians? And he's like, I don't know. I got a guy who was asking for some white walls on the other line. So maybe I'll get back to you. How like nonchalant he is about it is, is fantastic too. Um, damn. I'm actually going to have to go with Lou Brown. I will go with Lou Brown. And then Jimmy, you can't go wrong with either of them. I'm going to go with Lou Brown because I find myself quoting him way more than, than Jimmy Dugan. Jimmy Dugan has absolutely great lines, and it's Tom Hanks. So, yes. um, so can you make, I, I don't know if you um, recognize this, but uh, none of the players wore helmets. No, no helmets. I mean, sports were crazy at that time. Yep. Sports were insane at that time. Sports players not wearing helmets. You know, hockey goalies not wearing equipment as well, taking pucks off the face with no mask on and everything like that. That's completely insane. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. The old school mitts are always, you know, I always enjoy seeing those. I can't imagine possibly playing with any of those either. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's I, I think the Dottie, I think, honestly think Dottie throwing it really, or not throwing it, really lead quite in a. It takes a lot of how you feel about the story, then. Just mm-hmm. think about it. If she, th- if she throw it, <laughs> him saying helmets, they didn't wear pants. It's true. Lisa mentioned that earlier in the in the episode. Um, if she threw the game, I to me, I think that actually leaves the movie with this with a bad taste. Yeah. So Especially gonna, for like to, pure baseball lovers. Yeah. No, I think you have to say she didn't throw it. Otherwise, that completely my outlook on the movie totally changes. Yeah, then it so, goes from like a really great baseball classic to do that just sucks. Why would you do that? Yeah, it's like honestly, fuck both of you. The Peaches were better off with both, without both of you guys. <laughs> it takes your two main characters and turns them into like assholes. Even though Kit is portrayed mostly as an asshole throughout the movie, but then it, it makes Dottie an asshole. So yeah. I don't know. I'm gonna say she didn't. I'm gonna say she she didn't throw the game on purpose we'll never know that that's how i'm going to choose to see it at least because again <laughs> if, if not then i have totally different feelings about this movie so yeah All um, right. so i have a few more fun facts and i also have personal uh mementos to share which one should i do first go with the facts first then then you can drop the pictures there all right so, uh, oh, thank you for mentioning Betty Spaghetti because I have a fun fact about her. Penny Marshall's daughter played Betty Spaghetti in the movie. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So nice. there's that. Um, the real Dottie, because this was based on a true story for the league that lasted 12 years, and uh, there is an area of Cooperstown dedicated to them. Uh, the real mm-hmm. Dottie, her name was Dottie, I hope I'm saying this right, Dottie Kamenchek. Uh, she was actually a first base woman, not a catcher. Okay. Uh, I told you this before that the all the, all of the game playing was real, 
but they use balls with a soft center to protect the movie crew during filming because obviously you can't predict where the person's going to hit the ball because they've only been you know playing for three months so if uh, a ball went you know a little haywire nobody in the movie crew would be taken out um that's why i felt that scene with marla hooch hitting in the in the gym was nuts <laughs> this is a couple of people had gloves but there were also people just watching yeah, I, I yeah really a, lot, a lot of people just watching yeah, my favorite, part of that scene, my favorite part of that scene was when he tells her to go to the other side of the plate and all the guys were like, oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Um, Jim, Belu Here's a fun fact. Jim Belushi was supposed to play Jimmy Dugan. He was the first choice. Really? Yes. And Tom Hanks wow. ended up gaining 30 pounds for the role. And all the more reason why we love him, he said, yeah, I had barbecue pork ribs and enjoyed the, the desserts of America to do so. So wow. I thought that was, yeah, yeah. I thought that was that. dope. Yep. Um, <laughs> so when Madonna was cast, she was like at a very high point of her career and mm -hmm. nobody knew how to act around her. Everybody was starstruck, including Penny Marshall. Uh, the only person that was not, do you want to guess? Tom Hanks. Nope. Really? Mm -mm. Uh, Rosie I O'Donnell? Like pretty, I was going to say, I feel like it's pretty obvious. Rosie O'Donnell was the only one. She would come on set and start singing her songs like at the <laughs> at like the loudest pitch ever. Um, and it got to the point where nobody knew what to call her. They thought like calling her Madonna was like calling some like just it was just weird, even though that's mm -hmm. her real legit name. So Penny Marshall nicknamed Madonna and Rosie O'Donnell Mo and Roe. And that's how she would address Madonna because she didn't feel comfortable saying, hey, Madonna. Um, Madonna and Rosie O'Donnell became friends during that movie. And apparently they're still friends to this day. Nice. Um, the movie itself was adopted into the Library of Congress along with 24 other films. Okay. So that's pretty impressive. Uh, I think the Wizard, of Oz is, the Wizard of Oz is one of those films. Um, and then here's the best one. The pee scene lasts 53 seconds. What was that? The pee scene. The scene where oh, he pees, yes, where he comes seconds, in. Yeah. It lasts 53 seconds. And the noise was Penny Marshall pouring water into a bucket. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. It had to be. This time's over the years where I've after drinking and stuff, I, I've taken long pees, and I was like, "Oh, Jimmy Dugan piss coming up," and something like that. Like, I, that, that's that's been a running thing. Like, I'm sure Grogan's heard that and stuff like that. Who knows? Maybe that's him at one point. But, um, so PCP fun fact: I just thought of, I just realized that on three PCP shows, I have now discussed three Madonna movies. Ah, what yeah, were the other two? Yeah, all League of Their Own here. Granny's uh -huh. PC, we covered Dick Tracy uh -huh. a couple of months ago. And then on a Double O Deep Dive, we did Die Another Day. Wow. Who knew you were such a big Madonna fan? <laughs> I still didn't know that until, like, I still might not know it after the show. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's a whole lot of Madonna on, on Pop Culture Pros. There you go. So... Uh, yeah, Tim, I think you got to find a way to get a uh, Madonna movie into uh, Shoot the Sith. That's Good luck it. With that. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, so I've been dying to share these pictures. I had to hunt them down because this was a very long time ago. So back in the day, Ed and Ann, Ed used to be my neighbor. And then mm -hmm. uh, Ed and Angie were already dating. Angie eventually moved in and became my neighbor as well. And we've been great friends ever since. I, I adore both of you. Um, and they were known for having epic parties, <laughs> theme parties in their apartment in Kew Gardens. And uh, well, technically you were Forest Hills, right? Were you still Kew Gardens? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think it was technically Forest Hills, but whatever. So, <laughs> um, and it was convenient because they only lived like three blocks from me so I could walk to their parties. <laughs> um, but uh, one of the parties that we uh, that everybody always looked forward to was their Halloween party because Angie is uh, the best decorator in the world and she goes all out for every party. So every year there would be different themes and different decorations, much to Ed's, uh, you know, frustration because they have boxes and boxes of decorations in their garage that they will never use again. Um, but you never know. So anyway, uh, one year, uh, actually a few years now, we have teamed up to do group costumes. And of course, one year we did a league of their own. Um, so myself, Angie, Carly, um, Tim, and Kelly dressed up. That's pretty good. I'm sure. I'm sure Tim drank quite a bit there in that in that party. <laughs> I'm sure he got his, his Jimmy Dugan on. And then we did uh, another picture, kind of like reflecting who our characters was. I can't remember who Kelly was. Uh, Angie was, I believe, the Gina Davis character. I was all the way May, and Carly was um, Rosie O'Donnell's character. <laughs> I'm not sure who Kelly was. <laughs> but um, that was such a fun party. Uh, I wish I also had pictures of the year that you, me, and Angie. I think Angie has the picture when you were group. That was yes. the best costume you ever wore. Yes, that was a pretty you awesome were costume. I was Gamora, and she was uh, Rocket. Yeah, uh, the, actually, my Gomorra costume was uh, one of my favorites too because I literally painted my face green. So, <laughs> no, that was actually that was that was a lot of fun that year. And it, the only yeah. problem with the group costume was once the drinking really got going, I had to get rid. I had to get rid of it because I'm like, I, I can't. You had to have now. Jimmy Dugan peas. <laughs> exactly. Eventually, that's that's what happens at Halloween parties when you're just when you have a keg and you're playing a beer pong tournament and <laughs> shit's happening. So. Uh, yeah, no, those, those were a lot of fun, and that you guys did a great job with the costumes. Yeah, and and all kudos because Angie was also like the costume master too. She made your group costumes. She made her Rocket the Raccoon costume. She mm -hmm. she bought our Rockford Peaches outfits for us, and then we gave her the money for them. Like like all her, and I still wear those socks during fall season too. The red socks that we nice. wore during the yeah, I still wear those. Um, but yeah, I did tell her recently, I miss your party so much. Oh my God. Those parties were so much fun. Um, she brought it up the other day that she was like, Oh, should we do, should we bring it back to Halloween party? Yes. The answer is yes. Well, hi, well, well, we have a little time to figure that one out. We, we, can, we can discuss that one. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, listen, I'm not shutting it down. I'm not the one who was like, you have to stop the parties or anything like that. Believe me, it, it definitely wasn't me. So. 
So um, I'm going to post those two pictures on our Facebook page um, just so that folks could uh, comment uh, and, and comment on what we talked about today. And this was a really fun special episode for me. No, I've had a, a blast. It, it was, it's been, it's very different. I was actually looking on my phone for the pitching probables to go ahead and throw that out at the last second, but literally everything is TBD. So whatever, we'll, we'll find out because Yanks do have a doubleheader against the Astros tomorrow. They do. And it's 40. Yeah. So they, they get to jump right into the fire right in the second half. Then I got the Orioles and then two game, the first half of the subway series early next week. So I'm going. I'm going to one of the games. Yeah, that's should be pretty. Which one? Which one are you going to? I think I'm going to the Wednesday. Night. My my aunt and my two uncles are coming to visit, and my uncle mm-hmm. in, invited me to go to one of the games with them. Yeah, it's one next Wednesday. Okay, that's funny. That's actually the one I'm going to be at with uh with some of my cousins. Nice. Yeah. So. That should be that should be a heck of a lot of fun. We'll we'll coordinate. We'll talk about it and see if we can go yeah. ahead and, and meet up at uh, City Field again. Uh, yeah. But I do need to get those awesome seats we had last year for that one. Oh my god, those seats were so dope. They they were so cool, man. Totally. It was like our game. own little like private sure. VIP area. Yeah, just that. that unfortunately, I'll always remember that game for that. Then for Gary Sanchez not applying a tag. Oh at the my plate. god. Yeah. He might have gotten booed. Oh, absolutely. He, yeah, he, he came very close. No, no, no. I mean, from us. Like, he came this oh, close to us, getting yeah. booed from us. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, then let's cue the music. Well, thanks for joining us tonight, as always. Uh, if you like what you heard here, and you're joining us on Facebook, join the Empire 161 Show group and uh, join the group. We've got lineups and highlights and all other kinds of cool stuff that we share on a daily basis. So, Go ahead and check that out. We got second half coming up, trade season and stuff like that. A lot of things to talk about there. So check us out there. Also check out Pop Culture Pros as well, since that's who we are presented by. Check out the Mothership uh, website here. Uh, if you're checking us out on YouTube, click and hit subscribe on Pop Culture Pros. So you can go ahead and, and check us out on a consistent basis. And on Twitter, at Empire161Show. Go ahead and tweet to us and like tweets and get into the conversation there on a daily basis. Uh, if you had your listen to us on a podcast, hit subscribe to Pop Culture Pros. Got a lot of cool stuff. Uh, we're usually on Sunday nights, so we'll go ahead and we'll discuss, but there's a good chance we will see you Sunday night and we'll be talking about, you know, the games that have happened between now and then as well. Uh, if you're into comic book stuff, you can check out Granny's Peach Tea. Uh, we're on hiatus right now, but you can go ahead and check out our four Love and Thunder review, as well as our Miss Marvel season finale and the Boys season finale. So check that out. Uh, if you're into the Mets, the Mets fans, check us out. Check out the Put It in the Book show with the watching Rodriguez and Keith as they cover the New York Mets for the network. Uh, if you're into James Bond, you can check out Double O Geek Time with Jason and Jenny. If you're into Disney, check out Gabby and Ashton on Skyline Reviews. Uh, if you just want pop entertainment on a weekly basis, movies and shows, check out Don Owens on Am I on the Air? Uh, if you like wrestling, check out Tim and Eric on the Just Too Sweet Show. If you want more Tim and Eric? Check out the A to Z Show as well. They cover everything under the sun from A to Z. Um, and if you want Star Wars, check out Sandwich Shooting the Stick. So, uh, well, enjoy the rest of your evening. 
Let's go Yankees. Let's go ahead and kick some Astros ass tomorrow in that doubleheader. Some old, some old asses. Uh, and we'll see you next week. All right. Hope you enjoyed it. Peace. Bye, everybody.